talking about life, faith, and everything in between. This is Messy Christianity. And good afternoon. Welcome back to Messy Christianity. Brent. Hello, hello. And Kevin. Hello, hello. <laughs> I know what you did. <laughs> and Jeff. Hello, hello. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Gentlemen, how's it been? Long time, it feels like. Yeah. We've had a couple of weeks that we weren't able to record from sickness and traveling and stuff, but you know, uh, people people should know that this is planned, unplanned chaos. Yep. We actually come up with a list of topics uh, all the time, and then we'll decide. Usually we try to decide a week in advance, but sometimes it's we show up and we go, hey, did we decide what to talk about? But, you know, that's by design. We yep. don't want it to be a prescribed uh, talk. We really want to flesh this stuff out Which raw and authentic. is what we're doing today. Which is so exactly. They know what we're doing today. So yeah. are you basically like... Uh, like the person who stands up and says, well, I'm not really a good speaker and I hate public speaking, but... Let's don't do that. Let's not do that, no. <laughs> Actually, I'm, I'm excited about this one, and we don't need any pre-study on this one because this is our life. But the, the, top, the topic is, how do we put our yes on the table? So that means, how do we say yes to God without knowing what He's saying, what He's wanting us to do, where He's going to send us, basically giving God a blank check. That's that's the goal, I think, of every believer. I think mm-hmm. that's what God wants from us. But the question is, how do we do that, and what prevents us from doing that? So, go. <laughs> Part of it's a mentality <laughs> issue. What does it actually mean to put a yes on a table? Part of the way I think about it is, is asking the question, is there an open-ended yes on the table? Because I think we do live our lives with yeses on the table to God, but intentionally or unintentionally, we draw a line in the sand and say, yes, God, up to this point, and then no more. Yeah. And if there is an open-ended yes on the table, what does that actually look like? How do I erase the line in the sand that says yes to God up to some point? Because I, I would venture to say the majority of people that are listening to the podcast and that we talk to on a day-in, day-out basis aren't trying to decide whether or not they even want a yes on the table. Hmm. They, they, what do you they, mean by that? They would come to church. Yes, I'm going to church. Yes, yeah. I'm going to be part of a group. Yes, I pray before I eat. I go to bed. Yes, I try to aspire to live a Christian lifestyle and make wise choices based on what God's calling and directing me to do. But then you start asking the deeper questions. Is it an open-ended yes, which is what you ultimately asked in the beginning? Whatever you want, God, I have a blank check, a blank scrap of paper, you fill in what you want me to do. You put the road sign up and tell me which direction to go. That's a lot scarier. Yes, it is, but no, it's not. I mean, absolutely it is. It's scarier unless you have absolute trust in the heart of God. And and I I don't know quite how to say that without sounding either um, condemning or or self-righteous, because I don't mean it in either of those ways. But at the end of the day... If we think about it, does God really, is there anything that God would do that would be not satisfying or not um, uh, ultimately, I don't even know what word to use. I don't want to use the word pleasurable or happy because I know suffering is part of the deal. But at the end of the day, to be completely obedient to Christ Jesus, how could that be bad? See what I'm saying? Yes, it's scary. Unless you really know the heart of God, then it doesn't become scary at all, does it? Yeah. I mean, part of it's who's who's scary too. I mean, who 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 looks at it as as scary? So if we were yeah. having a conversation with someone who's a not yet believer or somebody who is new in their faith, and you start explaining 
the possibilities of a call of God and you want to take them from point A to point Z and they have no frame of reference mm-hmm. to get there. That's yeah. overwhelming. So maybe scary is not the right word. Maybe it's just it's overwhelming because we don't see the the way to make that happen. For like myself, I'm one of the people that are wired. I want to know the steps in place to get across the street. So I don't find comfort in, hey, let's just figure out what we're going to do on the spur of the moment. and, and Like, hey, do what's it. the topic today? That's an example. <laughs> um, so, so that's more of a struggle for me, whereas if things are mapped out, laid out, I understand a plan, right. I can grasp it. So part of it, that's the way that I'm wired. Yeah. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Something about an open-ended yes. I don't know. Maybe so. Yes on the table. You know, I, I really did forget what I was going to say, but I, I think growing up, we we heard all the uh, being open to God and, and um, you know, allowing God to work in our lives. And inevitably, all those stories ended up with us in Africa. Remember those? You yeah, know, like, <laughs> you're going to the, and then and as a kid, you know, I'm going, I don't really, you know, cause the pictures were like, dust and dirt and and i'm not downing that because people are called there and that's a great thing but our yes uh, may end up there but our yes um may just be the next thing you know and an open-ended check is uh it, it couldn't be the it can be the really big things but it can also be um just the next thing the thing right in front of us yes god i will uh, i will pick up my lunch tray and go over, sit at that other table, teenagers that are listening and sit with that person over there. Um, you know, yes, I'll do that. I think we, uh, yeah. part of it is we think that an open-ended yes means a gigantic right. step and it doesn't, it could no. mean a progression of baby steps to get yes. us to that point where the next larger step could actually yeah. happen. Or we assume God is going to do something to make us miserable as if that's his goal right. in, in eternity is, Hey, I want to make yeah. my children absolutely miserable right. I want to take them to a place where it's going to harm them and where they're going to be no good. And Well, because found, you said it a minute ago, foundationally underneath all of this, there's got to be a belief that God is on our side. I yeah. mean, God is in our corner kind of thing. Now, his blessing and what we think blessing looks like can be two different things. Um, so underneath all this, there's kind of a battle between our own self-centeredness that we have, that we battle against, that's our nature, and the sovereignty of God, the will of God in our lives. So, um, you know, we, we have things that we naturally want in our lives and desire in our lives, the American dream. And maybe sometimes it does line up with what God wants for us. And then sometimes maybe it doesn't. And so that can be the rub, you know, so is our yes on the table, God, whatever you want to do, even if it goes against the things I've always dreamed about, I'm still going to believe deep enough that you have my best interest in mind, that you're in my corner, that I'm going to do that. That's what an open-ended yes looks like in in theory. Well, in reality, it's what it looks like. Living that out, that's, that's a little harder. You know, it is, because yeah. our flesh is pushing back on that. So well, I've, I've, I've seen a story here recently, or been reminded of a story, of a teenager who, um, when they were, I don't know, 10 or, or so, very uh not a whole lot of rules and boundaries very insecure very um very tenuous and and very afraid really and then rules were put in place and very a very strict form of parenting but a very loving form of parenting and you fast forward a handful of years and you've got a happy kid who has found a sense of peace who's found a sense of purpose and whereas there was a rejection of that 
hard stuff in the beginning, that hard stuff created safety and created comfort. And so I think of it in the same way with God. When God says to us, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something in you or I'm going to do something through you. Now, it's not going to be easy and it's not going to be painless, but I'm going to be gentle and I'm going to be kind. And if you'll trust me, I'm going to bring you through to a place where you'll look back and say, that was worth it. And I really do believe the heart of God is is gentle and is kind. I mean, isn't that what the Scripture teaches? Isn't that what, what we know of God through the Bible? Um, you know, to have a yes on the table, I think, means a a an open-ended, like you said, an open-ended, Lord, wherever you lead, I'll go, even if it's not where I had in mind. Right. Um, and the biblical example I think of is Abraham. He, to me, is the perfect uh, example of this. God said, Abraham, I want you to leave your family. I want you to leave your, your country. I want you to leave everything you know, and I want you to go to a place I show you. And it's always been peculiar that God didn't say where he was sending him. He mm-hmm. just said, I'm sending you somewhere. And it's almost like Abraham asks, okay, so how will I know when I get there? And God says, when you get there, I'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's the that's the ultimate yes on the table right Are there. there. Are we there yet? Yeah. There yet? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And, and look at what God did. God fulfilled a promise to Abraham that Abraham couldn't see in the beginning, right. but because of his obedience, because of his faith, then then God brought him to a place where uh, he never never dreamed would have been possible. Well, and then when he got there, that was still only the beginning of the story. Yeah. He still had much further to go, you know. So true. And so that's, true. Uh, that's the way God is progressive, you know. Oh, you know, that makes me think, too. Every time God—it seems like every time we're obedient to God, he brings us one level deeper yeah. into trust. And so it's—it it, like you said, it's never the end. It's, no, okay, it's, now let's take this step. Right. Now let's take one more step. It's almost like keep getting—you're getting more and more levels of training, more and more mm-hmm. advanced. But that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. Why, why do we want to hold off and, and say, okay, I'm staying right here? Why do, why do we do that so often? Wherever here is for people. I, comfortable. I mean, you know, we get comfortable. Uh, and that's, I think that's everybody. It's safe. It's, it's, uh, there's not a problem here. You know, why, why would I possibly want to go further? Everything's, we're good. We're good. We got a nice home and, and kids are happy, you know, whatever. Uh, why would I want to get out of this? You know, but God may have something much, much better on the horizon, but, ooh. Do I really want to risk leaving this for something else? All of that ties in with the story of Abraham itself. Yeah. I read something a week or two ago. made me think really hard and heavy, and I can't remember what, what I read or who the author was, but he said basically that God gives us enough in the moment to be obedient in the moment. Yeah. Hmm. And that when we preoccupy our time with thinking so much about steps five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten, and all the way to the other side, that sometimes it causes us not to be obedient in the moment that he's given us enough of the story, enough of the details, enough of what he's going to do so that we can walk in obedience in that moment. And that is the story mm-hmm. of Abraham. Yeah. And that partially answers your question, Jeff, of why why didn't God give him, I want you to go to this location on this map at this street corner because he wasn't calling him for obedience today for something he was going to 
give him 10 years from now. It was to be obedient in the moment, which started mm-hmm. the process of where he ultimately wanted him to go. But this also takes us back to a theology, a study of God that is rampant in our society that in order to win the favor of God and keep God from doing, in our view, harmful, hurtful things to us, then we need to have a larger list of things that we've done good versus things that we've done bad. And so why would I put an open-ended yes on the table to God if my belief system is I have to do more good than bad and and good is good, period, because God is good and God is love. Therefore, if I do one, two, and three, even though that's maybe minimum on the expectation of God's scale, it's still good. Right. I went to church. I did something good. I taught mm-hmm. a Sunday school class. I did good. I was nice to the next door neighbor, mm-hmm. and I took her garbage to the street. I mm-hmm. did good. Mm-hmm. Therefore, my good outweigh my bad. Therefore, God will bless me because I'm doing good. Mm-hmm. And so why would I have even a heartfelt desire to put an open-ended yes that may lead ultimately to a possibility of going on a mission trip to a foreign country. Why? Hmm. Because I don't I don't really believe that. So I think part of the reason that we see even church people, our, our co-workers, our friends who don't put open-ended yeses, just a blank slate on the table, is we have this preconceived idea that it's going to cost me too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My open-ended yes is going to cost me more than I'm willing to give up. Right. And God doesn't want me to give that up because he's a good God. Right. And as long he's as I do my me. good. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So here's the proof that, that I'm doing right. Mm-hmm. I'm already blessed. Mm-hmm. Look at this. I have a nice heart, car. Mm-hmm. I have a nice house. Mm-hmm. I have this. I have that. Look where we live. We live in the greatest country on the world, the most amenities yeah. and the most this, that, and the other. And you start lining that up and you look look at scripture through that view why do I want to put an open-ended yes? I'm doing pretty good right now. And is it interesting, too? You just made me think about something, because <clears throat> I've thought this before in, in the past, is we we know God is saying for us to do the next step, and we're okay with the next step, but we say no to God on that next step because we think, okay, if I say yes to that next step, there's going to be a next step, and that next step is going to be a place that I don't want to go. So I'm just going to say no now just to just to kind of cut it off at the pass, you know, nip it in the bud. As, yeah, can face. Yeah, but, but think about that. How I mean, how silly is that to think that God is about the business of just punishing us for no good reason, or for even for any reason. He's just going, you know what? My goal in life, I want to make Kevin miserable. Right. That's that's what I created him for. Yep. I created him to send him to some god-awful place where he's miserable and ultimately will die. That makes me, God, happy. Hmm. That's insane to think that. It really is insane. And so why would we... What kind, What does that say about our own relationship with God if that's what we think about him? And I don't think we would necessarily purposefully look up at that next challenge and say no to it. I think it's done almost subconsciously. Mm-hmm. Un, we're unaware of it because we're not even willing to ask God, what is the next step? If I never pursue the next step and ask him what the next step is, I never have to say no to it because I'm never going to get it. That's right. Ignorance is bliss. That's right. And that's a scary place to be. But how many, how many of us walk in that yeah. on a regular basis? If we're not actively pursuing... If we're not actively asking these questions, then the byproduct of that is apathy. That leads to apathy. Right. How much of our stagnant Western faith. or organized Christianity is that stagnant faith, the, the apathetic, 
I don't care attitude. I just do enough to get by. Mm -hmm. I've done my checklist. I've done my requirements. Mm -hmm. I've done my spiritual disciplines. I prayed. I gave to the church. Check. Check. I, I've, mm -hmm. I've done. Yeah. I was nice to so to somebody. I read my Bible. I've done my checklist. I'm a good Christian, mm. but I've never passionately pursued Christ, which is what a disciple is. Mm -hmm. A disciple is someone who imitates their rabbi, their teacher, our teacher as a Christian is Christ. Therefore, we should be passionately pursuing, trying our very best to em emulate and imitate him. And But if I'm not doing it intentionally, if I'm not mm. passionately pursuing, then it's just this byproduct of apathetic, westernized Christianity, which I would be scared to ask God in this moment how he felt about that. If yeah. we were to, we can't do it right now, but if we were to poll, um, I don't know, 10,000 Christians, church uh, churchgoers across America right now and ask them the question, what, is it, what does it mean to you uh, to be blessed by God? You know, so ask them the same question. You're going to put to the yes on the table and just blank check, God, do whatever you would like to with me. What would it look like to you to be blessed by God? We ask that question. It'd be, I'd be curious to see. You know, what we that, ought to do that. We ought to do that yeah. and just see what that answer. Now, take the same question and go somewhere else in the world. Yeah, you know, and and, and I'm not. I feel like we bash the American church a lot. But I'm not here to do that, and I'm not here to bash necessarily the American dream. But I think that we have a skewed look sometimes at what what it even what the what the end result even looks like. Um, and sometimes maybe it does look like the white picket fence and the nice home and the nice family. Maybe that is the end goal. Sometimes maybe that is the blessing of God, but not all the time. You know, we've just got a skewed image of what, what does it mean to passionately follow after Christ? And, and what does that look like? This, this reminds me of one of my sci-fi movies that I enjoy. Here we go. Yes. Oh, I, I'm checking out right now. Go ahead. It's called the seventh son, but there's a, <laughs> the seventh son. Yeah. The seventh no son. way. No, never I've seen it. Never heard of it. Beautiful quote. <laughs> go. And, the, the mentor is teaching the apprentice, and he asks, he, he basically makes this statement. He says, the, the apprentice asks a question, and very abruptly, the mentor says, no, that's the wrong question. Hmm. Wrong questions get wrong answers. Ask a right question. Hmm. Right questions get right answers. Okay. And I truly believe that that's the way that we live our Christian life yes. many times is we're not necessarily not asking God questions. We're just asking the wrong questions because okay. of the motive, because of the, the selfishness, because of the agenda, what we're wanting out of it. So I can ask a God question. I, it's like interpretation of Scripture. I can interpret Scripture based on the way I want to yes. interpret it, what I want to get out of it, right. and never ask, God, what is it that you are saying through this? Teach me what the truth is here, because I have my own mindset, my own mm -hmm. agenda. So how much of, how much of our nature as Christ followers is living in the midst of wrong questions? Hmm. That's a, that's a good Potentially question. Potentially a lot of it. Now, the, the, the word question even, it, sometimes it's a question. Sometimes it's just a whole culture. Um, so it, it is a question, but like, are we framing a lot of um, a lot of what we do as Christians, a lot of what we do as churches, just in this whole culture that we've created over the years? Not just us. I'm saying like the, the whole thing, you know, 
needs to be broken sometimes, you know, to say yeah. we're looking at this the wrong way. We're looking through the wrong lens here. And as um, you mentioned a moment ago, this almost sounds like church bashing of the Western yeah, culture. Not, and it's not intentionally to do that because truly it's not the church that has to answer this. It's the individual. Yes. You look in Galatians 6, Paul writes that each person is accountable for their own conscience. Right. Every single Christ follower is accountable for their own conscience. So do we take the time to look in that spiritual mirror to look at what is visible and invisible and ask God, what mm -hmm. is in me that's not of you? Ask those questions, yeah. as we've said here numerous times, for purification, for clean hands, pure heart, resolute spirit. God, what's in me that's not of you? Those type of reflections and thought processes, those are right questions. Those are right requests to ask yeah. God. And if if our heart is in tune with what God wants, then we look at that table and say, you know, I, I wonder, do I have a line drawn in the sand that I say yes to God to a certain point for that. and then unintentionally, unconsciously say, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to even think about that. Right. Versus what does it look like in my life as a Christ follower? Because I'm answerable to my own conscience. Yeah. What does an open-ended yes look like? I distinctly remember a time in my life I was uh, looking for a seminary. So out of college and we had gone to, <clears throat> excuse me, we had gone to New Orleans first and then we flew right from New Orleans to Southwestern. And I remember sitting in a chapel at Southwestern um, and they were doing a sketch on stage about, uh, it was a mission sketch. And all I remember is the, the person on there repeating the scripture, come over to Macedonia and help us, come over to Macedonia and help us. And I remember God's spirit at that moment, it's almost, take this for what it's worth, but if I could paint it out, you know, act it out, it was almost God's spirit was descending upon me and he was going, I'm calling you to something, something that you're not comfortable with. And I, and in that moment I, I said, no, no, yeah. because in that time of my life, I loved this country, and I didn't love any other country, and I I wanted nothing to do with foreign missions. Right. And I was at the place where there was there was an openness or there was an availability, if you will, not in my heart but in my schedule because it was a natural mm -hmm. break in my life. Shannon and I had graduated college, and we yeah. were now doing a new step. And I remember I remember thinking to myself, "Uh, uh you're not about to call me to foreign missions," and I said, "No." And I remember, though, in that moment, just as clearly as I felt him coming, I saw him leaving. And I and, and it was this great struggle because I was saying, no, no, don't leave, don't leave. And and it was almost as if he was saying, look, you're, you're not going to get me on your terms. I'm not going to I'm not going to call you on your terms because your terms are not what's important. It's my terms. And if you don't want me, then you don't get me. And and. I wrestled with that afterwards because I thought, man, I just told God there's no possibility I'm going to the mission field. Mm -hmm. I'll do anything you want me to do, anything, anywhere except for missions. Mm -hmm. And and it wasn't until, gosh, probably ten, almost 10 years, probably eight or nine, 10 years later that I had a heart for missions. And thinking back on it i was angry at that time because I, I i was i was angry because i thought how could i live this long without knowing god's heart for the nations and then god reminded me i tried i tried <laughs> yeah. and you explicitly said you yeah. want none of it yeah and so it made me wonder what what did i miss in those 10 years 
by saying no to God. That I said yes to anyways, which by the way, the most fulfilling part of my life has been the exposure to the church in in other parts of the world. I mean, that is one of the things that has given my life fulfillment and meaning. You know, you know what I'm saying? That's mm-hmm. it's opened my eyes just so much and so I don't know, I wonder I wonder if if people realize the the weight of telling God no because of fear. The good news I just heard from all that, though, is uh, <clears throat> at the time that you did that, even though you you said no to that, the rest of your life you were basically saying, God, I'm yours. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and God still blessed that. And God still yeah. blessed it. And, and, and even 10 years later, however long it took, it all came back. So. Even now when we're saying, I mean, I guess an encouragement to anybody listening, even to us, as much as I say right now, God, blank check, yes, I'm yours, as much as I say that, I still have a flesh that he he might say, okay, Kevin, let's do this, whatever this is. Oh, whoa, 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 I wasn't expecting that one, you know? Yeah. So even now, um, it, it's encouraging to me because God still was patient with you yeah. and still gave that to you later. Now, the better scenario would have been you say yes in the first place, right? But um cuz he might have just been he might have have been saying to me what he said to Abraham, Abraham, do you will you are you willing to give what you love the most? And I'm actually convinced theologically that until we're willing to give to God that which we love the most. But let's stay with the Abraham story yeah. because the original the first part of that story is pack your bags Take your wife and take the camels and take your wife, take your kids yeah, and, and get out of here. And he, and the promise was, I'm going to make you the uh, father of many nations and you know numerous as sand on the seashore. Oh, That's I the see promise. Where you're going with this. He didn't say anything about you know it's going to take you know another sixty years from now before you have Isaac, and then I'm going to ask you to put him on an altar. He didn't say any of that. He just said, and so he said yes. Abraham said yes to the first part. It's what we we're talking about earlier. It's progressive. If Abraham had known Abram, became Abraham, if he had known originally, you know, all of that, the rest of that story, I don't think, and, and even, and then even there, when he gets over there, he said yes. How often do we do this? We said yes to God, but then in our yes for God, it's not fulfilled. And he, patiently we wait for a while, but then this whole thing's not working out. So uh, Sarah suggests, hey, why don't you try Hagar, Hagar. over here, you know? <laughs> And uh, they tried to work it out their own way. And I've, I've been guilty of that. You know, God, I've waited on you, and you're not blessing. Hmm. You know, what's interesting about that, too, that I just thought of, um, is God finally gave him a son. Hmm. Finally gave him the seed of the promise that was given that he risked so much for so many years prior, Right. Yep. And then God says, "Okay, I want you to sacrifice your son. Give it back." So it's like God is going, like Abraham yeah. must have been thinking, "Wait a minute, I don't yeah. understand because you told me you will bless me, but I was I wasn't blessed because I, I my I had no son. Then you give me a son, yeah. and so now there's hope for yeah. you to actually fulfill what you said you would fulfill. And now you're going to take him away, yeah. leaving me back worse than when yeah. I started. And and it and it makes no sense except that God." always has a plan even yeah. jewish tradition when they study abraham believed that moses and his, i'm sorry moses abraham in his thoughts in the sacrificing was that god was going to bring him back from the dead mm. in which he did yeah. through jesus so many years later in that in that thought process it's absolutely beautiful so 
I think since we're close to the end of time, how do we pray through this? How do we encourage someone who's struggling? I don't know if I have my open-ended yes even on the table. I don't even know what questions to ask to find out if I have an open-ended yes, if I have a blank check, if I have an open piece of paper, however they flesh it out in their minds. How do we encourage them Mm -hmm. to walk through that process? How do we encourage the 22-year-old that's at seminary to to ask the question, is my open-ended yes? Or the senior adult who's lived their entire life inside the church to answer the question, do I truly have an open-ended yes Mm -hmm. on the table or everybody else in the middle? I think I would start the prayer by saying, Lord, help me to trust you. Show me, show me your character. Show me who you are. Because I really do believe that's the basis for all yeah. of this. Yeah. If we trust our Father it, with, a, with an impeccable trust, a trust that even when it doesn't make sense, mm-hmm. we know he's mm-hmm. good. We know he's faithful. We yeah. know he won't um, give, us, give us a rock when we're begging mm-hmm. for bread then I think that's the beginning of being able to say, okay, I'm not sure about this next step, but okay, because mm-hmm. I trust you. Yeah. So that would be my, my first prayer. I would echo that completely. Um, I think that's the best advice. And then I would just add to it, just start where you are. Um, I think I say that a lot on here, but yeah, that's a good point. make it but make it simple. I mean, maybe maybe the first prayer is, God, what's my yes look like today? What's, what's the next yes you have for me? Yeah. Um, so you don't have to go all the way to the... You know, I'm going to be in Zimbabwe and, you know, whatever. He's not calling everyone to Zimbabwe because nobody would be left here. (laughs) Right. So (laughs) just start with start with a simple today, God, what does the yes look like for me today, right now, today? And listen, you know, look for that. God loves the authenticity of our prayers. Yeah. We see that even in his Psalms. And I had a conversation with someone just the other day who was fearful in, in a prayer of even becoming angry at God, and we were able to point them to the Psalms and say, mm-hmm. it, "It's it's the it's not the anger that that call anger is not sin. It's what the anger leads to that causes sin. Right. God can God. I'm not angry at God. I'm just angry at the situation. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. Mm-hmm. So if we're able to have an authentic prayer life with Jesus and say, I admit it. I do not have an open-ended yes. And I'm going to admit something else, Jesus. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have Great an open-ended call. yes on the mm-hmm. table. Mm-hmm. But I am willing to allow you, through your miraculous mm-hmm. ways, to, change to start it. changing my heart. Yep. So I don't have it right now, and I don't even want it. Mm-hmm. But if you want that of me, I pray that you would change my yeah. heart so that I'm even willing to listen. Give me the want to. Give me the want. Yeah. And that will open the doors of opportunity to see what God mm-hmm. says. I don't think... There may be a few brand new first day Christians, Christ followers, who will absolutely put 100% open ended yes on the table. But I would mm-hmm. say for the majority of us, it is a process of getting to that point. Mm-hmm. And when we realize that we don't have a point, Kevin, you said something similar of yes, but I think there's still maybe something about this that I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Whenever that comes to us, admit it as sin. Yeah. Call it out. Say, God, I struggle with this area. Yeah. I, I don't right. want to give this area to you. I don't want right. to submit here. But if you want it, change my heart yeah. and help me because I want to be obedient. Or maybe God will send a big fish to swallow us. That's another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I was just sitting here thinking through, um, you know, I, I've, I've processed this a lot here lately. What if, you know, is my yes? And here's what I came up with. My life is not my own. And therefore, 
I don't have any claim to it. Mm-hmm. No, no claim at all. Whatever God calls, it has to be a yes. That's it. And I can honestly tell you, I am more satisfied right now than I've ever been in my entire life because of that. Because it's a, it's like all the pressure's gone. There's no pressure at all because it's God's fault. <laughs> you know, my only job is to obey. That's it. He says, step. I say, I say, okay, yep. that's it. Yep. And it doesn't relieve me of responsibility, but, but the pressure is certainly right. gone. So gentlemen, it was fun. We, Good we one. have a lot more on that topic we can talk about. Yep. We might hit that on another podcast just to refresh it. So thank you for listening. Let, let's end by praying. Can we? Yep. Brent, would you mind praying for the folks listening? I think yep. you're right. I think there's some folks who right now, God has really pierced their heart in a good way, and they're struggling, and they want to, but I think they're afraid. So would you pray over them and um, just ask God in his gentleness to, to lead them? Father, in the name of Jesus, we celebrate. Celebrate what you have done in our hearts and our lives. We worship you on the throne in this moment. We acknowledge that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And Father, on behalf of every single person that ever listens to this, in behalf of those who are part of our friends and family that will never listen to it, on behalf of Christ followers around the world, we all struggle with having an open-ended yes, every single one of us. So where we do not have an open-ended yes, I pray that you would change our hearts and our minds to be in tune with you, that the Holy Spirit of God would fall fresh on each and every individual, that you would reveal to us our purpose and our plans and what you have for our hearts and for our lives. And where our lives differ and are not lining up with you, would you reveal that to us so that we may rip out these idolatrous actions and callings and influences in our life, Father. That we stand firm for our faith and walk boldly in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Messy Christianity. Catch you on the flip side. Thank you for listening to Messy Christianity. Three guys talking about life, faith, and everything in between. Want to know more? Check us out at www.storypointchurch.com or www.messychristianity.com.